I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgie and Gray. How are you doing, lads? Hello. How are you? Yeah, it sounds like you're on fucking death's door, Hodgie, so this is going to be a fun podcast. (laughs) What's ailing you? Yeah, I've just had a cold for the last week or so, so it's been fun this week. My voice was a lot worse yesterday, so I'm glad it's better for today. Sean Dyche it up. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say Barry White, but Sean Dyche is probably appropriate. Gray, are you surviving? Yeah, just about. Feeling good. Great insight from Grey once again. Yeah, so we're all surviving. More importantly, Hodge. Yeah. Thanks. What's your favourite kind of fruit? God. It's a good question, Hodge. Yeah, it is. Thank you. I probably eat apples the most, so I'd probably boringly <laughs> go with apples. Oh, fuck <laughs> no, what are we I coming can, to? I can't really give you much more on that. Like, it's a bit of a simple question. <laughs> I like apples because they're my favourite. Preference on type of apple? Pink lady. Oh, God. I'm not, oh. Really, not really into the Granny Smith. They're too, too bitter and tart for me. Fucking hell. Are you, are you sure you haven't just been eating cooking apples instead? <laughs> crab apples, small crab apples. <laughs> I was with you on Pink Lady. Gala, I can't get behind that. They get too mushy for me. Oh, they do, yeah. Great. That's why Pink Lady. Okay, Pink Lady. I think Hodgie in the interest of saving us from his cops and the cops and splutters. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, just I'm fucking just... muting as soon as he finishes talking. Batter in the mute button here, like. <laughs> oh, no. uh, Grey, rather unimaginatively, what is your favourite type of fruit? I probably eat apples the most as well, but that doesn't mean they're my favourite. So okay, I'd probably, uh, probably go with pineapple or mango. Like, probably not oh, yeah. hard to uh, choose between the two. I think it's a very good shout. Yeah, the pineapple and mango were up there for me, but of a tropical sensation. I thought that was going to be really disappointing that we're going to have a couple of horses on the podcast. And I just like apples. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking, lads. I'd say my favourite fruit is probably a strawberry. Is it a fruit you or a berry? Like, you just like to be different, don't you? It is, a, it is a fruit in it, though, technically. What do you mean, technically? How would a strawberry not be a fruit? Would it be a seed? It's it has a berry. a berry in its name. I think it's classic. Is a berry a not a fruit? No, berry is a berry, div. That's why it's called berry. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> How have I got to 30 years <laughs> on this planet without knowing that? Yeah. Really? Yeah, man. Yeah. There's like certain, like a tomato is technically a fruit, not a vegetable as well. 
Well, I knew that one. I know coconuts are nut, not a fruit. What? Uh, okay, anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> got quite a few updates for this podcast. Keeping the momentum going, keeping the flow going. Mainly centred around transfers with a little bit of quiz sprinkled in this week. Courtesy of Monsieur Hodgson, avec his cold. Long overdue quiz. Long overdue quiz, yeah. Right, so this week, if we go chronologically, since we last recorded, so our last podcast was Dan Ashworth Scouting Department. We'd put our recommendations forward for our man Dan Ashworth looks like he's been hard at work in the background actioning those changes well you listened to us clearly didn't you he clearly did, yeah. I mean, they always do. Stevie Bruce did as well. Made all those tactical changes when he did make them based on our recommendations. But yeah, since we last recorded, a couple of things have come true. We got Matt Target across the line. Don't think we need to spend too much talking about the Matty Target signing. We all knew it was coming. We're all willing it to happen. And we had a whole six months of performances to analyse with him. So very pleased to have got that across the line. I think the deal in total, so including the loan fee, Comes to 15 million quid, which is a very shrewd piece of business. Hodgie, anything to add to the Matty Target signing now that we've finally got it over the line? No, not really. I think we've we've talked about him enough in the past saying like what we think we get from him and what you get is a very, very solid player. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him this year. A good little addition on our on our defensive front, I would say. Definitely. I think Gray, Renan Lodi was just a, a flash in the pan, just a name doing the rounds, do you reckon? Do you think there was any substance to that rumour or was it all just rumours? Who knows? Like we're being linked with every man in the sun at the minute, aren't we? So yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to tell what's legit and what's not until something actually hits the news or hits some reliable source, of which is a few out there. The papers must be loving us because we usually have like, oh, and we've been linked to fucking what was in Das Bust again, and then that was it. Like one person now, das all the jokes. Yeah. Did you get mixed up with Das Boot and Bas Dost? That's the one. Yeah, I can remember what his <laughs> fucking name was, man. Um, <laughs> Tranquilo Barnetta. Yeah. That's another one. <laughs> all the people up here, all the journalists would have been like, oh, well, it's, uh, it's a normal normal year for the tune. Oh, shit. Me pen. Me pen doesn't even work. I've not had to use it in so fucking long. Christ, like, I'm going to be, oh, fucking hell. Like, another one, another link, another link. It's mad. I'll tell you what, man. The, the rise of in the no Twitter accounts has been ridiculous since this takeover happened. I mean, it's just a load of stupid people finding players on the continent going, my sources report that we've been linked with. This. Shut up, man. Shut up. You're not in the know. You have no knowledge whatsoever. You Who's his source? Yeah. Mr. Ketchup and Mrs. Barbecue yeah. sauce. Ketchup and brown sauce, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gray, would you have probably had some, some really useful insight there? As you say, if you link us with enough players, you're going to be right at some point, aren't you? So uh, I'm sure sure it's volume in numbers and then they'll say, oh yeah, look, six months ago I said this would come true and look, it's happened. I mean, it's exactly what we've done with our transfer podcast, but actually we seem to be on track, which we'll we'll get on to. So we said Matt Target. The next name we, we touted, I mean, Dean Henderson was getting all the heat, all the press at the time, but we've landed and we've signed a new goalkeeper in Nick Pope. England international Nick Pope. A very, very shrewd signing, it seems, at 10 million quid, I think is the rumoured number. So another player we've pinched off Burnley, who've uh, obviously just gone down. Bit of a cut price deal, 30 years old, top line stats. So he's kept 46 clean sheets in four Premier League seasons. Burnley, only Edison, Hugo Lloris and David De Gea have higher totals in the same seasons. That's an incredible start considering he's playing for Burnley. Absolutely incredible. I think he was twice voted Burnley Player of the Season. And I think even in the 2000, maybe the 2018 or 19 or 2019 20, made it into the PFA Premier League Team of the Year. It just sounds like unbelievable business. 
we're not being silly. We're not doing the Man City thing. We're not doing the Chelsea thing of bringing in old, aged, expensive players on massive salaries. We seem to be building out in a really sustainable way through players that Eddie Howe's really keen to get across the line. Gray, what are your initial thoughts on the Nick Pope signing? Yeah, I think it's a really, like you say, shrewd bit of business. I think it's, he's cost us a fraction of the price of what Dean Henderson's cost, what would have cost us, to say a fraction, probably about half of what the Ruby yeah. fees were. And I think he's probably just as good a goalkeeper. I think there's some some questions around his ability for ball at his feet and things like that. But I think it's just good to have two quality goalkeepers fighting for that number one jersey. Like Hodge said, it's almost going back to the, the Shea Gibbons, Steve Harper era, where you've got probably should have been a full international goalkeeper sat on the bench for eight, nine years, however long, if not even longer, was half of the club and he hardly played. So it's, I think it's just exciting. It'll be good for both Dubravka and Pope. Hopefully it'll give Eddie Howe a bit of a, so many cliches coming out here, but a bit of a headache to, uh, to who to choose on, on match day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you've talked about him not being that good with the ball at his feet, but I think he's very much known as a shot stopper. He's a very big lad, six foot three, very gangly, but yeah, very much known for his shot stopping ability. And I think, yeah, as we talked about, those stats kind of speak for themselves. It's absolutely great to have two first team quality goalkeepers in the squad, but more importantly, a goalkeeper with eight England caps and on his way to the to the World Cup over winter. Hodgie, what are your thoughts? We've got some really good quality and, and some depth in the goalkeeping department now. What are your thoughts on Nick Pope? It's a good signing. I, I don't know how much of a cut price he's being targeted at because, I mean, how, how much does a goalkeeper really go for nowadays, especially someone who's been, no disrespect to Burnley, but obviously they've gone down, so not one of the greatest clubs, but it's an international goalkeeper. I think 10 to 15 million to pay for someone like him would probably be right on the money, but I'm just looking forward to that competition coming back in. Yeah, you talk about the price of goalkeepers these days, but then you look at people like Allison came in for like 66 and a half million quid. Was it Kepper Arizabalaya, however you say his name, was 70 million quid as well. It just seems like obviously we're talking different leagues here, but you know, different different ends of the spectrum. But if you're saying that David De Gea is well, really expensive, Nick Pope's fourth, like, you know, fourth behind those guys, and we've got him for a seventh of the price. I mean, I think it's such a bargain, man. Such sensible business. We're not losing yeah, I like heads. how though, we've gone outside of the hype, though. Like, we've not gone for somebody like an Edison or anyone like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's exactly. what would probably keep the price down. And also, it's like a, a really shrewd, shrewd bit of business going, yeah. this is the stats. This is what he's done. And he's worth this much. Fantastic to have him. Yeah. And we've just made it happen. It's just been like from the rumours starting to it being done has been super quick, which I'm really happy about. Great. Anything to add? I don't think we necessarily need to go for big money signs in goalkeepers. I think, like say, we've got Dubravka, who is quality on his day. But I think it was quite clear the last couple of seasons here. I think he must have got a little bit complacent because he did make a few mistakes. And hopefully this competition will also that out of him and actually it should bring the best out of him because he didn't have much behind him. But I also think we've learned a lesson from the Mike Ashley days of signing players in clubs who have been relegated. You look at, we've signed a few players from Norwich and even Burnley himself. Do we get Jeff Hendrick from Burnley when they're looking a bit ropey? And it's just, I think we've learned a lesson of actually we need to do a bit more due diligence around the clubs who are getting relegated and actually seeing which players can we pick up who are in fact quality, not just trying to get the best deal we can 
it's good to see, but we, we've got an incredible steal there. I, I completely agree with you. I think we, it's, it's a great deal, 10 million for an international goalkeeper. You look at someone like Edison, who, who we've linked him to. Edison is he's so prone to making a rash decision. I would argue that he's not actually worth tens of millions more than Nick Pope. I think he's, uh, he's just as good a goalkeeper on his day. Good link-up as well already. Knows Chrissy Wood well. Knows Jeff Hendrick well, even though we're we're hoping Jeffy Hendrick doesn't stay around too long. Knows Callum Wilson well from England. Kieran Trippier well from England. So he's already kind of got a few pals in that dressing room. Seems like all the journalists are saying he's just a really nice, humble lad that brings a good, calm demeanour to the dressing room. And you can see that. I mean, I watched his uh, his welcome interview. It just seems like he's like a really humble lad. He's not gone through like academies and stuff. He was actually quite a late bloomer when it comes to his career. So Berrytown, Charlton Athletic, really all around the place. Welling, Harrow, York City, Aldershot, and then got his big break with Burnley. It sounds like he's worked really, really hard to get where he is. So I think he's just going to be a very, very good signing and a good bloke to have around the rest of the players. Not to mention he's got a bit of experience saving penalties at St. James's Park. I think a few years ago he saved a penalty against Hosselu. I mean, I, I back you to save a penalty against Hosselu. Yeah, true, true. But yes, very, very happy with the signing and another one on the list that we said we'd love to get in. Also, another England signing, you know, the Englishman. So that's Trippier, Target, Pope through the door now. We've really built a very, very good back five there. And for a fraction of the price of some of the clubs in the league, I mean, we've built the whole defence on the same or less than what Man United paid for Harry Maguire. I think it just puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, really happy with the business so far. And I can't believe we're, we're sat here talking about signings like this. They have the potential to go under the radar, but they're just done quickly and efficiently. So that takes our, our spending up a little bit. So that's what, probably 12 million. I think it was a 3 million quid loan fee for Matt Target. So that's 12 million quid for Target to make it permanent. 22 once you add the, the Pope, 10 million quid on there. It looks like we're just about to take that spend a little bit higher with the acquisition or the the soon-to-be acquisition of Sven Botman, which I know we're all incredibly excited about. So just to shine a bit of a light on that, we got the famous Fabrizio Romano, here we go, yesterday. All the Northeastern journalists, so Sky, Sky Sports News, so Keith Downey, Pete Graves, uh, the Chronicle journalist, all the athletic journalists all saying it's it's pretty much as good as done. So fee is agreed with Lille. Sounds like there's been a bit of back and forth, which Hodge, maybe you can go into a bit of detail on. But fee's been agreed. It sounds like ever since January, his mind has been made up. He wanted to join us, but the, the thing holding them back was Lille accepting the fee. Looks like it's going to be about 30 million quid, according to Luke Edwards from The Telegraph. I mean, just what looks like could be an absolutely fantastic signing. Medical booked in early next week. Hodge, do you want to talk us through the Sven Botman signing or the soon-to-be signing of Sven Botman in a little more detail? Yeah, I think with a guy who's 22 and has got a lot of potential, I think 30 million quid's a really good deal, especially when you see how much money kind of these guys can go for. However, man, what was it? 70 million or something Man United spent on Harry Maguire and he's probably going to be yeah. 10, 10 times as better than what he is anyway. It's been long, this one. like It's been so drawn out and it's been on, it's been off, it's been on, it's been off. It's crazy. But the reason why I think it's been on and off is because what, what we want to do now is we're not going to be taking as mugs 
for in these transfers like people are going to be want to be putting like a bit of Newcastle tax on and they're going to want to make it harder for us to make sure they they can squeeze as much money out of us as we can because I think we're going to do it but I think holding off and and really putting thought into our transfers is definitely like even talking about the Nick Pope thing just there it's the way it's the way forward there was a little bit of rumors and stuff that he was kind of preferring the AC Milan but it depends who you listen to it's all it's all just been spun into a big web, like the Italian journalists exactly. will say, different to German, to Holland, to over here. So, like when when we've been talking about them in the chat or whatever, when we've met up and had a chat about signings and stuff, it's like every time I say it, I'm just waiting for Sky Sports to have a yellow box around his name, deal done. Yeah. Like I, I look at the rumors and I go, huh, yeah, okay, right, someone else is spinning something now. But once that's over the line, it's good. But I think it'd be class. Hopefully, he just really relishes the challenge of what the Premier League's going to bring. Obviously, different league to league un, but I think he'll he'll take it in a stride if he is what people are saying that he's going to be like then yeah it's going to be absolutely fantastic I think you've touched on a few important and interesting points there the first one kind of being that Newcastle tax and clubs kind of moving the goalpost of asking prices as you're approaching the final stages of agreeing a fee so 30 million quid Luke Edwards, as I say from the Telegraph, is adamant that that is the fee that we're going to be paying and the fee that Lille have accepted. But it sounds like what Lille had done was kind of towards the final stages, raised that price to 37 million quid. And from what I understand from doing a bit of reading is Newcastle have then kind of issued a take it or leave it ultimatum. Right, here's 30 million quid. This is what we agreed previously. You can take it or leave it. And it sounds like that has done the trick. Gray, do you think that's the right thing to be doing? Obviously, it's worked in this instance, but we're not going to be taken for mugs, are we? I mean, we trust in the process now, and this Newcastle tax seems to be a bit of a problem, but it sounds like we've overcome it a little bit on this one. Yeah, I think just given the nature of the last few years, clubs are struggling and are going to... I wouldn't even say it's necessarily Newcastle tax. I reckon any Premier League club who has a bit of cash behind them are, are going to be squeezed for every penny they've got, especially from clubs in the continent who are known to be struggling at the moment. So, Especially the bloody French clubs as well. Oh, the French clubs, they just seem to be, they just seem to want, yeah, to get as much money out of them as possible. And actually, it's going to come back to bite some clubs soon. I think they're going to have an offer for 50 million on the table and then they're going to say, no, actually, you want 70. And they're just going to walk away and they're going to lose some money for a player who clearly isn't in it. So it's going to happen sooner or later. A quick one. Do you remember the, the Bruno signing in January when the French were like, was the president of Lyon came out and said, this is absolutely not happening. We're not accepting any deal here whatsoever. And then the next day the deal was accepted and then Bruno was on his way for a medical. I just feel like the, the French presidents and the owners of these clubs and the chairmen of these clubs just are total mavericks and just do whatever they want. That's it. They, they just seem to exactly like you say that the Mavericks. Well, I think we've actually got some seriously shrewd operators and some very, very smart business people running the club now, and they're not Definitely. going to be taken as mugs. And we had someone previously in the Mike Ashley who, who yes, although he kind of drove the club into the ground a little bit in terms of in terms of what he was trying to do, he actually put us in this really strong financial position to allow us to spend reasonably freely, but. The owners have come in, like, I think was it 240 million or something like that we could spend and the financial fair play thanks to what Mike Ashley did. We're not going to go and do that. Wait, wait, wait. Are, you, are you thanking Mike Ashley? I'm thanking him for the position he put the club in financially. I'm not thanking him for oh. what he actually did to the club. Oh, 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 oh. oh we've got him, Hodge. This is, a, <laughs> this is the excuse we've been wanting to kick him off the podcast. <laughs> I, I think we've got to give credit where it's due in terms of what he did for our for our bank statements and that sort of thing. But what he actually did to the heart of the club, the the morale of the club, he he tore it out and he recognised he was killing the club from the inside out. 
although he he put our financial status in a very very healthy position okay you saved yourself a little bit there carry on sorry we could easily have gone out and splashed 240 million you look at what happened to man city when they first got all their cash they went and spent so much money and it didn't actually work out for them so i think we've got some like i say some some very smart people making these decisions and it's hopefully it'll come to fruition and it's it's only it's only exciting i just questioned their decision making around season tickets but that's on a personal level let's not open up fucking pandora's box <laughs> hodge again you talked about quickly the the ac milan links again you can't really look into these things too much because how much of it is, is it's journalists trying to sell newspapers as you've touched on how much of it is fans getting wound up and but the one thing i have noticed is like we're such a fickle fan base man honestly as soon as you hear about so it sounds like the problem here has been leal it's not been the player at all. Sven Botman, since January, since liking that fucking Instagram photo of him mocked up in a Newcastle United shirt, has been sold on the project and has wanted to come. Personal terms, it doesn't sound like there's been any issue whatsoever. Lille has been the, the real holding factor here. But then you've got fucking little wind-up people saying, well, he's got his heart set on AC Milan. He's got his heart set on AC Milan. You know, Maldini's really sold it to him. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If that was the case, can you blame the bloke? Syria are champions. Champions League football under one of the greatest centre-halves that's ever played the game. And then you've got our fan base going, well, if you want to go to fucking AC Milan, fuck them off then. But it's just not the case. It's not the case here at all. Lille have been the problem and they've been the blocker. What do you reckon to the AC Milan links? Do you think there's anything in that? Or do you think it's all just people trying to sell newspapers? And can you blame the bloke if he did want to go to AC Milan? It's probably just all a, a complete web that's been spun. People want clickbait. People want to sell or newspapers. Agents or football agents. Even. It's just, yeah, it's a mixture of everything. I think also, like you said, you said that we're quite a fickle fan base. It's purely from probably hurt in all this past 14 years and, and what's been done even beforehand when we've said, oh, we're going to be getting quality players have got to sell good players and then the quality players doesn't actually come again like it's it's probably just a really defensive thing from an, an older part of the fan base where they think well fuck me like I don't even know if it's going to go ahead but now whatever we're putting myself forward for I think we're in a really good position to do if people want to go make up stories people can go make up stories it doesn't matter what happens this guy is a professional footballer he'll be professionally minded to whatever job that actually comes to him I honestly don't think that he would have been like yeah, I definitely want to go AC Milan. I'm sure you'd have been like, there's a great opportunity here and also AC Milan. You would have looked at both things, but I just think a big, big web of lies, I think, has been spun. And that's just how the media kind of works at the minute. It's just everything gets kind of turned in, in whatever they want it to be. Yeah. Great, anything to add? I think it's just some people still in disbelief that we're able to compete with teams like AC Milan. Like years ago, we would have been linked to the player and then all of a sudden the Champions League side would come in and that would have been end of story. But... I think players are realising the challenge and are actually buying into that 
the project, let's call it, I think that's what everyone else is calling it, ahead of them. And it's great to see that we were able to compete with these Champions League clubs and take players from under people's noses. I know that we've been linked with Sven for, well, since January, but... Nine months now, yeah. I think it's just still an element of, yeah, like I say, disbelief that we're able to compete with these clubs and players are actually willing to join us and not play Champions League football next season or probably for the next two or three years because they know the prospect of the club and where we could be in five to ten years. Like they're looking mid to long term instead of short term and these are exactly the players we want. We don't want the mercenaries who want to be playing Champions League football. We want the players who can actually see 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 past just Champions League football and it's it's really exciting. I think they want to see themselves as being a bit like I was there at the start of the turn if that makes sense. Like that for him what is he 22? Say he has seven straight years in Newcastle. Where could we be in that time and for him to be like oh, I was part of it when it like first started this was that was part of the, the turn. I was one of the first names through the door. He'd be an absolute legend. It'd be a statue. Look at fucking Shearer statue and stuff, man. Like that's that's what they, these guys will look at and be like, "There's great potential here." Never mind already. Yes, AC Milan are there, but they've got problems. They've got going through a kind of a takeover thing at the minute. So who knows? Whereas with Newcastle, you look got to look at it and go, "It looks like it's going to be thought out really well." It's a really exciting one. I mean, there must be such a sense of achievement and relief for Eddie Howe because. Eddie Howe's been pushing for this one for, as I say, nine months now. He's been his number one target. I think he's really well regarded by the scouting team, the team at Newcastle United. One for the future as well. As you say, he's 22 years old. He's probably not going to be the finished article and probably will take some time to get up to speed. 22, as you say, he's been playing in the French League, but he's just an absolute unit. I can't wait to see him in a shirt. Been lots of links, like lots of comparisons to kind of the Man City bringing in company, you know, us bringing in Botman. Let's try not to get ahead of ourselves a little bit before it started. But yeah, I think a really, really, really exciting talent and one that should hopefully go on and become a leader within that squad, I believe quite firmly. One point of concern though, that's obviously another left-footed ball-playing centre-half. We already have a left-footed ball-playing centre-half. I mean, what does this mean for the current crop of centre-backs? So what does this mean for Dan Byrne? Fabian Scher is obviously going to be there. He's just signed a contract extension. So really, if we're looking at our centre-halves, we'll have first-team quality, question marks around Lascelles, but Scher, Byrne, Botman, Lascelles, what does this mean for people like Fede Fernandez and, and Kieran Clark? Gray, are they are they out the door for you? Well, one of those names certainly is, and I'd be disappointed to ever see him wear a black and white shirt again. Um, and that's Kieran Clark. But it's don't like one... him then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think we're all of the same opinion. You look at the mistakes he made last season, like that mistake against Norwich, and then to get sent off in a friendly against the Saudi team. It's just like what what's going through his head. It's what we've all been crying out for is just strength and depth. And it's, again, like we are talking about the goalkeepers before, it's just really, really good competition to have probably three and a half, four quality centre-backs who are going to be fighting for those positions. And you know what I'm like with Dan Byrne. He's he's solid, but I think we have had rose tinted glasses on. And he did cost us two or three games at the end of last season. And as good as he was, I think we're so used to having very average centre-backs that to have someone who's above average come in was great. It was great to see he helped solidify our defence. He got us to the position of the table we were, but to have some competition behind him as well is going to make him even better. It's going to make Shah, even Lascelles, they're going to be fighting for places. They're all going to want to play week in, week out and they know they're not going to be able to. So actually it's just going to, just going to drive everyone to, to bring the best out of each other. Once cups get involved and that sort of thing, we're going to need rotation. And hopefully we can have a, a decent cup run. So 
it's going to give everyone an opportunity to play. Injuries are going to come in. So it's just great to have that strength and depth. And we're not going to be worried about Kieran Clark coming off the bench to get sent off against Norwich. But I do feel for Fede. I think he's a great professional and I'd like to see him stay at the club. Again, I think he would provide that that depth and that experience, which I think we might need. I'd like to see see Fernandez stay at the club because I think he's been a great professional. Yeah, great. I mean, if we say 30 million quid is the fee, obviously, depending on the structure of the deal, just on this Luke Luke Edwards article, he's kind of the firm camp that, you know, you've got 10 million for Pope there, 12 million for Target, 30 million for Botman. That takes spent to 52 million. According to Luke Edwards, that leaves us with 40 to 50 million quid left in the kitty for summit, which would be great. God knows where we're going to spend that, but it sounds like we've done the important business that we need to do, which is reinforcing left back, reinforcing goalkeeper, reinforcing centre half. We've got a quality, like a world class right back. Who knows which direction we're going to be looking to move in. Could be Hugo Akatike, but who knows of that one. But before we move on, Hodgie, did you say you pulled together a, a quiz? I have. Yes. Hopefully it links directly into what we've just been talking about. It does link a bit more back to uh, Nick Pope, obviously a new goalkeeper coming in. So I have a list of Newcastle goalkeepers in front of me here. I've, technically I've got 13, but I don't know why I've randomly chosen 13. There's probably but the, the names that you might know most and then it gets a bit more difficult for, for us young, young boys. I've got them in order of when they made their debut for Newcastle. So one being the, the closest to where we are right now and then the 13th being the furthest away in time. So do you reckon you can get them exactly in order or do you reckon you're, you're going to get a few but missed positions? I'll probably give it a good shot. I reckon. reckon you think it? I reckon between us, we, we could do it. Yeah, we work, work together. We could work together. So, okay, number one then. Who do you think have got their breakthrough the closest to, to right now? So who made their debut most recently? Yes. Are we talking uh, about return players? Because in that case, I think it'd be Mark Gillespie. He's never played a first team big game in the Premier League. It's all Premier League, sorry. Oh, because because he played in the Cubs. It's going to be uh, well. It's going to be Freddie Woodman, isn't it? Freddie Woodman, who is now off to uh, Preston, Preston North, North End. Yeah, so he got his breakthrough last year, and then who's who's second in the most recent? Dubs Dubravka. Yeah. Dubravka. Do you know what year? Is it 2018? Yeah, it's 2017 season. We got him from Sparta Prague, but he's still Sparta still here. Prague. Who's next? Caldalo. Wrong. Oh, uh, it's not Matt Sells, is it? Yeah, Matt Sells. It is. Yeah. Is it? Uh, Sixteen, seventeen was his first season. We bought him from. Can you remember who? Some Belgian Ghent. Yes, it was Ghent. Was yeah. it Ghent? Yeah, yeah, Ghent. Yeah, and then Have we. Uh, list in front of you, well. Sorry. Sam, He's calling out, mate. You're saying you're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what list I'd be looking at for this. <laughs> uh, and then we sold him to Racing Strasbourg. Well, before Sells, it's got to be. Carl Darlow, yeah, 15-16 was his first season, signed from Forest. Next? Oh, I think that's where it gets a bit murky-like. Could be Rob Elliott? No. What number are we up to, sorry? This is five. Number five, five. this one. So, so who made their debut before Darlow? Before Darlow. Didn't play many games for us, or in the Premier at least. Did, um, was it, it's not Jack Hannick, is it? It is Jack Hannick, Yes. Because he was third choice when we had some serious injury problems, wasn't he? Yeah. So he was 14-15 when he first made his debut, 2014-15. He's joining Cardiff on a free this year. He's not had the Is best he? of times. Yep. His last two transfers have all been free transfers from release, I think. So yeah, we'll see how that goes for him. Sorry, Jack, I think. <laughs> six. He was in sixth position. Would that be Elliot? 
That is Rob Elliott, probably 2012-2013, signed him on from Charlton. And then he is at Watford now, I think, still. I don't think he's been released yeah, yet. Is, I think uh, he's still at Watford. Then you go to number seven. Who do you reckon uh, that is? It's going a long way back now, I think. Is it? It's not Timmy Krull, is it? Yeah, I'd say Tim Krull. Yeah, so from 2012 to 2013, you've got to go to 2009-2010 for Tim Krull. Wow. He left us on a free to Brighton, but is now at Norwich still. Number eight, this is a very tricky one, this one. He didn't play very many games. I think he played about was it three or four games for us. We signed him for a million. This is a 1999-2000 season. Only lasted one year. I have no idea. That's how far you've got to go back before? Yep. I'd be thinking like Shay Given, but... No, no. But he obviously lasted a lot longer than a year. You've got to go back so far because it's been between Tim Crew, Rob Elliott, and a couple of the names have been for a long time. Yeah, who? Um, which club did we sign him from? He played three Premier League games. He's Dutch. We signed him from Nac Breda for one point zero eight million, and he was released a couple of years later. But he only he only ever played three games total. No, I do you know his name. I don't know how good your football knowledge is, but maybe you might. Maybe you might not. I'd probably not though. When when did he play? Sorry, ninety nine two thousand was his first uh, start for the club. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. John Carolisi. No, I never, never. That might be for the older generation. This uh, this quiz number nine ninety eight ninety nine season. Shea Given. Say Steve no. Harper. Steve Harper. It was. We released him on a free from Hull, and he went to Sunderland. Obviously retired. Is he not goalkeeper coach at Newcastle, Steve Harper? Academy, isn't he? Academy, Academy yeah. coach. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Ten. It's got to be Shea Given. Shea Given, 97, 98 season. Signed him from Blackburn, and then he went to Man City for eight million. We actually made good money on him, actually, for a goalkeeper back then. What did he leave as about 30, 30 year old? Well, he was Man City's second signing, wasn't he? After they got all the cash. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Good signing, though. To be fair, like you know what I mean. Like then you go at number eleven, ninety, ninety five, ninety six. Is it Shaka Hislop? Yeah, I was going to say Shaka Hislop. It is Shaka Hislop. Yes. Hey. We signed him from Reading, and then he went. To West Ham on a free, I think. 12, 93, 94. This one might be for one of the older the older people in this. Well, Pavel's got to be in there somewhere. Is it Cernicek? Yeah. It's not, no. Is it going to be another one that we don't fucking know? Well, you might know him. Depends how well your knowledge is, I suppose. Wasn't someone like Besant, was it? No, but he's not that far off. He's mm. He would be 14th or 15th on the list, I think. Okay. Uh, any clues? Signed him from Liverpool. He retired, I think, with us. Goalkeeper from Liverpool, retired with us. It'll, be, it'll probably be for the older generation, I think, this. I think we're missing it by about 10 years. <laughs> yeah, no idea. Mike Hooper? No nah, idea. wouldn't have got that. And 13, 90 and 91 was his first season. Is that Pavel? That's Pavel Sinecek. See, so you do know the old boys, man. You do know the old boys. Yeah, but Sinecek uh, made first for like years, didn't he? Signed from Bannock. Austin's the maker of that. I can't even say that. I mean, give him back on a free, and then we brought him back into the club on a free right at the end of his career, so he retired at Newcastle. I think he did quite well there, though. One, two, three, four. I think he got about ten of them. I know. In bad. the right position. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decent. Thanks for that, Hodge. Who do you reckon was the most standout for you over those years? Shea Newcastle United goalkeeper. Has to be Shea Given. Most iconic, I would say, for being Newcastle United. Shea Given. By far, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm still going to say Shea Given. <laughs> we grew up with him and he was just a world-class goalkeeper. And like, he was yeah. present. Record appearance holder as well. Like, he's just mm-hmm. a club legend, isn't he? Yeah, man. I was say heartbroken when he left to go to sit there. Not a very tall keeper as well. He was only 5'10", or something, wasn't he? No, it was like a cat, though, wasn't he? He could leap. Nice one. Well, yeah, thanks for that, Hodge. I think in the interest of time, probably look to wrap it up fairly soon. Maybe some things we can talk about the next recording. It'll be great to go through, I think, in my mind, things like progress on the Hugo Ekatike deal, if there is anything by then. 
sounds like there's just a bit of a newspaper journalist rook, rumour rook at the minute. Who knows when he wants to come, whether the club's holding him back, whether it's his agent, there's all these things in there. I'd love to maybe discuss the impact of Dan Ashworth so far. I can't imagine he's had too much of a hand in the Sven Botman deal, if that's been going on for nine months or whatever, but who knows, he may have been the deciding factor in getting that across the line. And then hopefully we've got some outgoings to report on by then. Sounds like there's a bit of a struggle at the minute getting players sold and it may be that we have to go down the loan route i think since obviously we last recorded isaac hayden's gone out on loan freddie woodman's gone out on a permanent transfer to preston we might also have some pre-season friendlies to talk about yes that'll be another good one so we know we've got some pre-season friendlies sorted i think we're playing benfica atletico bilbao and i've heard rumors of either it's training camps or more pre-seasons in austria i think yeah austria who knows what will what will have changed the next time we come to recording. Unless there's anything else, lads, we shall wrap it up there. As always, if you feel so inclined, it'd be great if you could give us a five-star rating or review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find us on most major podcasting platforms. And if you'd like to give us a follow, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Right, that does it for this week. Thanks very much, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Batman Batman Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.